Good morning. I bring you greetings from your every nation global family. I had the joy of going to Krakow, Poland in May for our every nation world conference there and hearing what God is doing around the world in restricted nations. We've got um, seven churches in, in, in the Ukraine um, connected with some of our Ukrainian pastors. And they, they told the story of how they thought one church, smallest church, they thought they'd accommodate like 50 people, 50 refugees. And they ended up having 300 refugees at one particular time staying with them. And they didn't just provide them with food, but they shared the gospel with them. And so revival is starting to come in the midst of crisis and tragedy. Revival is starting to come to these Ukrainian refugees who fled from the, from the east to the west part of Ukraine, that's where our, our churches are, moved across to Poland, now going back. And, and what we saw there, what we heard from Ukrainian pastors, it's happening across the world. In restricted nations, we've got churches in um, China, we've got churches in India, we've got churches in Muslim nations where you can't even phone the pastor, you won't find on the website. You know, you've got to phone the leader who knows the leader who knows the leader. But the gospel is advancing. And um, we are not the final word as every nation. We're not the best, but we're the best for me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what's the prayer of every nation that we exist to honor God? We exist for the honor and glory of His name. We're not seeking our own honor, we're seeking the glory and the honor of God. And how do we do this? We do it by establishing churches. We believe the best way to see the nations one is through establishing churches, local churches. And uh, what kind of church is Christ-centered? Spirit and power, full of the Holy Spirit, and social responsible. On Friday when we arrived here, Mike and Linda gave us a school teacher that had the R40 on. Um, from Bumbela, how far did it go? I can't remember. Belvoir. From Bulembo, sorry. From Bulembo all the way up to Belvoir. And I just thought, there's something about this for you as a people in terms of planting churches. So don't get too comfortable. I think some of you are going to plant churches. So some of you are going to be getting out and going like, hey, and we're not going to force you. You're going to volunteer. <laughs> You're going to say, Lord, use me. You know, ultimately, ultimately, the only thing you can take with you to heaven is people. And I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that we live in full and that God receives honor and glory. And what a great thing to consecrate our lives to, living for the honor and the glory of God. Let me introduce myself. I'm here with my beautiful wife. Thank you, Nick and Adana, for coming up with me, please. And uh, <laughs> come up and make me feel comfortable. <laughs> we have uh, two sons and two daughters in love. We call them daughters in love, not daughters in law, because we love them. And it's not just about the law. And uh, the ones on the left is James and Amy. They live in Cape Town. They are serving in the church plant into City Bowl. If you're ever there, it's a beautiful church that has just prospered in this season. Um, during COVID, I'm mean, just growing. As you have grown, I mean, I was checking to Michael Linda, it's incredible how your church has grown. Many churches are down, but they have grown and you guys have grown. And, I, and I'm only Michael Linda, what phenomenal classes and leaders you are. And uh, James are actually an Amy the doctor. And then Sean and Laura, 
in the wedding dress and the groom. Uh, they got married in November. Sean's a campus minister in Stellenbosch, and they are seeing such a harvest of young people. On uh, Thursdays, they go out evangelizing on Stellenbosch, and young men go. I mean, we praise God for churches full of men and women, but I thank God when I see young men rising up and leaving the call. And uh, he's doing a phenomenal job there. Let me say this. There was a season where there was stress in the house. When our kids weren't um, obeying us, I know your kids obey you all the time. <laughs> we, we were concerned about our, one of our sons in particular, and we wrestled in the spirit for him. And I just felt, for those of you who are with concerns about your sons, um, I see the mic connector, she's going For your sons or daughters, um, be it physical or be it spiritual, the depression, I just thought to, for us to pray for those families. Because we wrestled, we wrestled twice, and now they are like dreams. I mean, they're absolute, they're absolute joy, and we don't know that, it's, it's such a joy. But there was a season where it was, it was wild. And uh, you know? And, and we were on our knees and seriously praying. And I just felt to ask Nicola to pray for families where you need breakthrough. So, if it's you, just say amen. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand or anything. We just bow our heads and just bring your families before the Lord, bring your kids before the Lord, be it for their health, be it for their souls, be it that they love Jesus. Father, we just thank you for really the authority that you've given us as parents, Father, to reflect your heart towards our children, Father God, to show them the way in which they should go, Father God, to really um, give them a heart and a vision for who you are and the way that you've saved us and transformed our lives, Lord Jesus. And so we thank you for that authority, Father God, and you give us prayer, Lord God. You give us wisdom and instruction, Lord, to lead and guide our children um, after your heart. And Father, I, I, I just ask, Lord, for every parent here, Father God, for every uh, parent to be, Lord Jesus, that they would be able to raise their children in the fear and the love of you, Father, that they would grow into their purposes, Lord, and their destinies, for which you've already planned for these children, Father, for whatever the wrestles are, for whatever the concerns, the anxieties, Lord Jesus, for whatever obstacles or hindrances children may be facing, Father God. Lord, enable those parents to really see with your eyes, Lord, with your heart, Father God. And we pray, bless those children, Father God, that they would grow, Lord Jesus, that they would be like oaks of righteousness. Um, Father God, for the display of your splendor, that they would rebuild the ancient thrones, Father God. Lord, that they would be called and anointed of you, Lord Jesus, that they would um, set the captives free, Father God, that they would see the lame walk, Father God, the blind seeing, Lord Jesus, that they would do, um, they would run further and faster, Lord Jesus, than, than even as his parents, Father God, that they would go the distance and bring you all the glory in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I was tasked to preach James chapter 2 to you. 
and I prepared that, and uh, but it didn't sit so well with me. And uh, Mike said to me, I can preach on whatever. So I came with James chapter 2 and just praying, 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 and I thought, no, I need to speak about fire today. Uh, a particular fire. So I believe this is for some of you. This is an encouragement for some of you who feel like you're going through fire. I believe this is because I've kind of I've sorted and pivoted. So, I believe what James chapter 2 says. I believe faith without works is dead. I listened to the sermon last week. Loved it. Thank you. And some people pick up where I could, where I should have picked up. But I'm going to speak about a fire today. I trust that is good. Ten times better, seven times hotter. We all love heroes. We all love watching movies about heroes. If you watch movies, I want to talk to you about three heroes who defied the status quo who stood against what society would say and they faced the consequences and God delivered them and great glory came. Really, revival came because of them. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28 to 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar is the king. He says, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command, and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. No other god can say in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their past was tragic. Their nation had sinned. Their forefathers had sinned. The prophets had warned them, and they didn't heed the word of God and so Babylon invades, invades Jerusalem, takes the treasure from the temple back to Babylon, and takes what is arguably the true treasure, takes the next generation, takes the young men and women, drags them to Babylon. But they would not allow the sins of their fathers to define them. They would not allow the consequences that were heaped upon them to define them, nor their own past failures. Remember what it says in Philippians chapter 3. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, to win the prize, which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Some of you need to tattoo that on your arm. Some of you need to forget what is behind. Some of you need to forget what is behind. Some people rest too much in their past failures, and some of you rest too much in nostalgia. Forget what is behind you, it's holding you back, and push on towards the promise which God has called you heavenwards in Christ Jesus. So these Jewish boys are teenagers are taken to Babylon, which was like the capital city, city of glory and city of temptation. And their names are changed. Hananiah means God is favored. It's changed to Shadrach. Shadrach, which means illuminated by the sun god. Mishael, whose name, his he, that's his Hebrew name, his name means who is like God. It's changed to Meshach, which means who is like Venus. And Azariah, which means the Lord helps. It's changed to Abednego, servant of Nebo. And ten times in chapter 1, these Babylonian names are called out 
and spoken. And you know the world wants to define you. The media wants to tell you who you are, wants to tell you how you should live and what your objective should be and what's wrong with you and, and what's acceptable. And they are far from home. And they're far from family. And they're in a city of maximum temptation and maximum pressure. And, and they flattered and invited to eat at the king's table. You know what they did in the face of that temptation? They embraced discipleship. Daniel, his name is hardly ever mentioned, his uh, Babylonian name, which is Belshazzar. But Daniel says, resolved to define himself. Resolved not to define himself, sorry. Resolved not to define himself with the royal food and wine. And he says this, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance. Note the words, we, us, our, servants. Okay, it's plural. I'm so thankful for people who have dragged me closer to God. <laughs> I'm so thankful for my wife who goes, have you prayed about that? <laughs> I can't find my keys. Have you prayed? No, I can't find my keys. <laughs> be it on a small level, be it on a big level. I'm so thankful for my wife, my friends, who have called me up and out to be who I'm meant to be. I remember walking towards the coffee shop and I'm about to meet my good friend, Darren. And you know when you're wrestling with something that you wish you wouldn't be wrestling with and you don't want to tell somebody about it? I was wrestling at that time with like just anger and hurt and it was drifting towards bitterness because of what somebody had done to me, a close friend. My, none of you ever have those issues, I know that. <laughs> so I'm walking towards and I'm like, I don't want to tell Darren about this. Why do I want to tell him? Because we've spoken about it already and now I'm embarrassed. You, you know, it's like, can't you get over yourself, you know? Can't you get over this thing, you know? And I see this path in my head. The one part is I'm going to be like, no, Darren, let's talk about how you are. <laughs> I'm going to pivot this conversation. I'm going to manipulate this conversation. And we're going to make it all about you, you know, in my caring, loving way, you know? Joke. Yeah. And, and our relationship will become more and more shallow and more and more insincere. And I'm going to stay in this place of brokenness, pain, anger that's becoming different. Or, I can say to Darren, Darren, bro, I'm still upset about this thing. And I can talk it through, and we can pray it on. So I can just see the path, and I can see the one path our friendship becomes like nothing, and the other one I can get set free, and I can be honest. I can be a bit embarrassed, I can be honest, I can, I can be discipled. I'm so glad I chose discipleship. I'm so glad I chose to be honest and vulnerable. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego allowed Daniel to lead them. Daniel said, we're not going to eat this food. And they were on board. Can we be a church that welcomes one another, not just at the door? I love standing with Louie and the guys reaching at the door. But can we be a church that opens and welcomes people into our hearts? Um, have you ever had spinach between your teeth and somebody told you about spinach between your teeth? And you were grateful. <laughs> I sometimes see spiritual spinach between people's teeth. 
and they don't give you the right to speak to them, and so they just continue having spiritual spinach. <laughs> Can we embrace discipleship, which causes us to be better men and better women to the glory of God? I remember when I first recommitted my life, I'm about 18 years old, and uh, joined this youth group, and it was like awesome, but they were like a bit weird compared to me, and I was cool, and they weren't so cool, you know? This is me, my pride. That's what I was thinking, you know? And they turned out to be the best people for my soul. And I remember them going, all right, so tomorrow we're going to the pick and pay parking lot, and we're going to go evangelize. And I'm like, we're going to do what? <laughs> That's so awkward, you know? But I went with them. And it was part of the transformation that was necessary in my life to be ordered to Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were transformed through discipleship by Daniel. Can we be transformed by discipleship? Can we commit to not just Sunday, but true relationships and connect group and building together and becoming the men, the women that God has called us to be? Because of this, they excelled. That's it. It says in 1 Daniel chapter Daniel 1 verse 20, it says, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. They were better. Not he was better, they were better. I have the privilege of traveling across the country and I see God raising up his sons and daughters into incredible positions of excellence and authority and power in corporates, in art, in all kinds of fields. God wants to cause you to excel. He wants to raise you up. He wants you to be so incredible that when people ask you, what is it about you? You just go, let me tell you about you. Let me tell you what I was like and let me tell you what, what God has done. And if you see greatness, if you see excellence, that's because Jesus has come upon you. Jesus has come into my life. Can we excel? Whatever field you're in, can you do it to the honor and glory of God? Whatever you do, do it that His name might be lifted up. Do it that He would be honored. This is what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I pray you would take hold in your life as well, that you would do everything you do to the glory of God. And He is for you. He wants you to prosper and excel. Be it a business, be it entrepreneurship, be it employment, whatever it is, be it parenting. Being as a student, it's God's rule that you prosper and excel in everything that you do. And none of these were full-time ministers. In chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has this weird dream and he calls in his advisors and he says to them, tell me the interpretation of the dream. And they're like, please tell us the dream. And they're like, no, 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 you guys are fakes. You can't give me the interpretation of the dream and the dream. And he's about to kill them all. And then Daniel says, then he prays. And he prays and God reveals to him the dream. And the dream is about this massive statue with a golden head and silver chest and bronze belly and iron legs. And then a rock comes and wipes it out and the rock is speaking about the kingdom of God. Chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar, this king, decides to build an idol, a replica of this vision. So he builds the statue 45 meters tall. Huge. And he says... When the music plays, everybody must bow down 
and worship the statue. It's like a combination of a political rally and a rock concert. You know, it's like and it lists all the all the instruments, like thousands of people there, and the music plays, and just bow down. They placed their future in God's hands. They resisted the pressure to bow down, to conform. And Nebuchadnezzar hears about this. And you know what's amazing? He gives them another chance. You know the devil will always give you another chance to sin. <laughs> no, my boy, you didn't sin. I'll give you another chance. So he calls them in. And maybe, maybe you not bind down to idols, physical, but maybe you bind down to your career. Maybe you bind down to money, power, reputation. What is the idol that causes you to bow down to and not bow down to God? And their response to the second chance to sin, they say, if we are thrown into this furnace, because it's on pain of fire, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand of pain. But then get this, he says, but even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, King, that will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. I love it. Even if he does not, we want you to know, King, that we will not lie down. What kind of Christian are you? Are you a even if he does not or only if he does? Are you an only if he does? Only if you do this for me, God. Will I serve you? Why do Christians say, even if he does not? Even if it's not the way I would like it to be. They place the future in God's hand. And, and the king is furious. And so he says, make this furnace seven times hotter. If you love Jesus, either you had persecution, or you're in persecution, or baby, it's coming. If you truly love Jesus, after you face persecution, or you're in it now, or it's coming upon you. That's the promise of God. And you know the early church, you know how they saw persecution? What a privilege. What a privilege that I can just in a small way suffer for the one that I love. Just a small way that I can suffer for, for the one that I love. But God's tied up. And they throw them in the fire. Into the fire of God. But they do not perish. And all of a sudden, it's no longer three men in the fire. But there's four. And one looks like the Son of God. Verse 24. Nebuchadnezzar leads to his feet and says, Would there three men that be tied up and threw into the fire? Look, I see four men walking around in the fire. Unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. No other god can save in this way. Not everyone who is in the fire was thrown into the fire. Not everyone in the fire was thrown into the fire. One came in the fire voluntarily. So the king calls them out. And all the officials gather around and they found that the fire had not burned their bodies. And not even smoke their clothes. And the bondage that was on them. 
They tighten up the ropes and get burnt off. That's incredible how sometimes when you go through these difficult moments, you come out stronger, you come out freer, you come no longer bound by the stuff that held you before as you go through the refining fire that God allows in your life. Do you have ropes that bind you? Are you a bit tied to things of this world? Freedom might require some time. King Nebuchadnezzar responds when he sees us. Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, rescued his servants. And then he decrees, it's like, he's like having forced revival. All of you have to bow down. I mean, you're like, he gets it, he doesn't get it, you know? (laughs) Because it's always from the heart. It's always voluntary. We're not Christian because our parents are Christian. We're not Christian because we were famed with when we were young. We know God because we choose Him, not because somebody forces upon us. But, but the King nevertheless proclaims that no other God can save in this way. So, three questions for you. In what way did God save? God didn't save by extinguishing the fire, but He saved by entering the fire that He'd made with Him. He goes in the fire so that we can come out the fire and hold. We are forced into the fire that He volunteers to come down to earth. He volunteers to be with us in the fire. The fourth man entered the fire so that the three could endure the fire and come out. Who was the fourth man? It was Jesus. We know from reading New Testament that God sent His Son, Jesus, to come down to this earth, this broken earth, and take upon Himself our sin and our suffering. And He promises to be with us. He promises to never leave us. He promises to send His Holy Spirit. He promises to dwell in our hearts. What happened to the fourth man in the fire? Only three came out. The fourth we're not sure that the fire harmed him. But we sure know that the cross killed him. And so, the word of God says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning a chain, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus paid the price the penalty for our sins so we could escape the fire of the nation. As I head for a close, what kind of believer are you? Are you an only if he blesses me Christian? Only if he meets you on my terms? Only if he fits into my world? Or are you an even if he doesn't? I know he's God and I will love him and serve him. Lent and I have been through a, a season. We are blessed in so many ways. But we've been through a season, shared a back problem, herniated disc, material disc replacement. She has struggled and suffered with pain for the last five years. But we will not allow that tragedy, that heartache, that pain to stop us from saying, 
God, we love you. And we serve you. We're not going to be only if you do the scriptures. We're going to be like, Lord, we love you. We serve you. And even if you don't answer this prayer, but we believe it, we in faith, one day we'll come and stand before you and we'll, we'll, we'll testify. But even if he doesn't, we serve God. We love God. We continue. Some of you are in a fire now. And we're going to pray not so much for an extinguisher, but we're going to pray that in this fire, Jesus will come. And that you will come out of the fire. And soon. And you will come out unbound. Without smoke. Free and untouched. We want to pray for those of you who are going to fire now. If you have not yet looked to Jesus. You know sometimes you know what you should do but you don't do it. In that crisis, in that area, you just think, well, that's what I need to do. No, no, no. Jesus wants you to bring every area of life before him. Bring him into the fire that you're facing now. Lastly, Kingdom Mindsets, just before we pray. Kingdom Mindsets that you need to carry, your past is behind you. Take your faith going forward. Embrace discipleship. Embrace family. Choose and determine to excel, to be outstanding, ten times better. In, in farming, in whatever God has called you, in education. Determine not to bow down to the spirit of this age. Determine not to be like the world. Because your future is in God's hands. And then determine. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they brought revival, they brought truth, they brought change to Babylon. Determined to bring God to everybody. Amen. If you are in a fire, if you are in a crisis, and you need help, we want to pray for you now. God gives grace to the humble, but He resists the pride. And don't be, don't be proud now and sad about the problem if you've got a problem. But just as our heads are bowed, If you need breakthrough, if you need Jesus to come into the fire that you're facing, that he would stand with you and that you would come out of it unburnt, unsmoked and, and set free. I'm just going to ask you to stand and we're going to pray for you. We're going to shame this. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that Jesus comes into the fire we're going to pray that you don't compromise in this process. Lord, you love your sainted daughters. You love these men and women that are standing. If uh, people are standing around you and, and you wouldn't mind, put your hand on them. Just out of love them and pray for them. So if there's somebody there, just stand up and put your hand on them. Lord, we bring these men and, men and women before you. We pray, Holy Spirit, come upon them now. Lord, we pray for strength. We pray for endurance. Lord, above all, we pray, Jesus, that you would present yourself around them. Lord, we pray that the bonds would be burnt off. 
Lord, we pray that the fire would not touch them, Lord God. Lord, that they would come out of this, Lord God, free. They would come out of this hole and without smoke, without, without being singed, Lord God, they would come out for Lord, we pray your comfort, your strength, your grace on everyone standing right now. Lord, we bless them. We speak life upon them. As I was praying, I was reminded of the scripture. Just keep your eyes closed. Just stand, stand in the attitude of prayer. There's a scripture that says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And the picture that popped up in my mind is, is some, of, some of you are experiencing fire, but you can't seem to see the fourth person in that fire. Now I believe God wants to open your eyes. Because some of you, it might mean that you get up and you say, you know what, Jesus, I've never found my knees before you. And Fred, we want to walk with you that you see the fourth person. That's the purpose of the church, is that we help people to see Jesus and then we follow him together. So if there's someone here that knows you need to submit your life to Jesus, you need to say, Lord, you are my Lord and Savior. I want to pray with you. You can just pray in your heart and then please come and speak to me afterwards because we want to walk with you. Father, I pray for those, Father, who are in the fire but they can't seem to see Jesus. Open our eyes. Jesus, we acknowledge you. Jesus, you are not just our Savior, but you are our Lord. We love you. Save my life, Lord, today. You can just pray with me. Save my life. Forgive my sins. One point that Roger mentioned is forget, forget the past. Leave the past behind. Lord, wash away my past. And renew my vision. Take my hand, Lord Jesus, and lead me. Father, I want to walk with you, whether it's through fire, whether it's through the valley of the shadow of death, I will walk with you, Lord Jesus. Father, as a church, Lord, we, we turn our eyes to you. And we say, Father, lead us, Lord God, that we can go find you. Friends, I just feel that even as Jesus went into that fire to, to meet with the people, often he sends his sons and daughters and says, Would you walk into that fire? Let's go find my son, my daughter, that's master. Father, I pray that you will empower us as your sons and daughters to walk into people's hands for them. Take their hands there, Lord Jesus, because we know that you are with us. Father, we commit our lives to you. We commit to walk together, Lord Jesus. Because you are our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.